What's up, everyone? Back again. We took a little break here because uh, there's it's like the worst time in the NBA. There's nothing happening um, except for Aiton uh, getting that money uh, from Phoenix, matching it anyway. Uh, today we got Feliz joining as usual, and then we got Jay back again. You guys remember he was in an episode. You were in the what episode were you in again? The what I was in the um, yeah. The draft, yeah. post-draft episode. So we got everybody back here again. Today we want to discuss the main topic we want to talk about is kind of a freelance, you know, go anywhere with it. Uh, how, how we could improve the NBA as a product in general. Uh, but first, before we get into that, I want to ask you all about what were your thoughts about the Phoenix situation? I know we didn't get to talk about it last time because it didn't really happen about just straight up signing that offer sheet. They didn't intentionally, they didn't want to pay in that, but they signed it anyway. What y'all think about that? I think it's, it gives, it gives a bad, like, uh, bad taste, bad taste. Uh, Cause I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what, what phrase, I'm, but it's just, I, I didn't, I didn't like what Phoenix did with that. Like they didn't even, they didn't even offer him a contract or anything. They just, they just waited for the Pacers to give him an offer sheet. It's just like they could have done this. They could have avoided this a year ago. Like when they made the finals, they paid Mikhail. They gave uh, what's his face, uh, Chris Paul an extension. They could have just gave Aiden an extension a year ago, and they could have avoided all this drama. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I, it's I, I agree. An interesting dynamic next season. I agree. I think that they uh, should have definitely maxed Aiden after the. Finals, and I knew that last year the hesitance to max him was going to be a problem coming into this season. Now, I thought that they would lock him up sometime during the season when they should have, uh, or they should have done it before after the finals, but they could have done it after the season or before you know the playoffs or in the midseason, anything like that. Um, but their hesitance to, to um, resign him really showed that it was going to be a problem eventually. And I think that they were definitely just waiting to see if anybody was going to offer him a max. I think that offering him a max as a team like Indiana or Charlotte or anybody who has a max offer to give him was a no brainer, but uh, Phoenix lost the ability to sign and trade him by waiting for another team to offer him a max, which I think I, I, I really do think that takes him out the running for a player like Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely that ship has definitely sailed unless you're delusional and you think uh, Mikhail Bridges can land you Kevin Durant. I don't I don't know what type of world you live in, but uh, they, they cannot trade in at all for the rest of the year if he doesn't allow it. They, regardless. they also they also can't trade him to Indiana for a year. Yep. He can't be traded until December. I he think also, I think the two months also, or something. Yeah. Something and then like he also has like uh, he has the right to refuse any trades for a year. Yep. Yeah. So yep. until December, I think it was, he cannot be traded by league rules regardless. And then after that point, he gets a whole nother year where he could just decline any trade he's not a fan of. So Phoenix is likely going to look the same for not, at least this season. They're not getting Kevin around. I don't they know lost, why they, they, still lost, they lost some depth anyway. So I just, I think they're going to regress, honestly. Yeah. I mean, but the KD stuff is over. I don't know why he's being mentioned. That's not happening. Uh, there's literally a team I can name like five teams that could already do better. Uh, because Aiden was the main piece that was gonna go, and then 
I don't know what other else is even on the trade market that would that would entice them enough to even move any pieces. So that that situation is just not a good look anyway as a front office, as a team, because then the players keep in track of these situations and it doesn't look too good if you're not even offering contracts and you're just randomly matching it just because. But, I mean, we know that ownership team in Phoenix isn't. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, they're notorious, they're notorious for being ass. They fell into luck when they got Chris Paul and they drafted DeAndre Aiden, who was probably the only player who was acceptable to pick over Luka due to the fact that they already had Devin Booker. Um, but other than that, they're really just lucky more than they are good as a front uh, office. It's, it's crazy because this is like the second time they've been like close to being like a like a championship like level team back in the day with Steve Nash and you know, Sotomayor and whatever. And then they just like they're they just become complacent. I, I, I really I don't I don't get it. Like they didn't do shit in the draft. They didn't they lost their depth. Uh, they had to fucking wait for the Pacers to give Aiden an offer sheet to even bring him back anyways. Like, it's just, uh, I don't know what they're doing. Interesting, to say the least, especially considering how a lot of teams in their same conference will either naturally get better because of health or they're, they've done bigger moves than they have. So we'll see what them, the other team in the Western Cup that could want to mention, thoughts on the reports that the Lakers aren't willing to offer the first round picks Brooklyn once for Kyrie. And to be honest is even, even if they add Kyrie, like how good would they actually like be? At like, least they're kind be of mortgaging their future content. At least I think they could be any team in the top West potentially in seven games, potentially. Um, yeah, but then, is, yeah. then they had the thing is they had to like get there though. Like they don't really have the depth, and obviously, you know, we don't wish any, any injuries on anybody, but you know, Kyrie, LeBron, AD, like they miss games, like it just happens. Yeah. I don't know. I if, if I'm the Lakers, I wouldn't I would I wouldn't really try to mortgage my future. So I, I don't know what that team is going to do, honestly. If I was them, I would blow it up already. That's just me. Yeah, I think the Lakers are are pretty screwed. Uh, either way they go, if they were to trade, let's say they trade uh, Westbrook for Kyrie or Westbrook for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, those are still expiring contracts. And I think that those moves do not make you good enough to contend in more, maybe contend in the West but it doesn't make you good enough to get a high playoff seed because obviously LeBron misses games, AD misses games. Like you said, Kyrie misses games. Those three players missing games, if any of them misses games, the two other players are not good enough to carry that roster to, to a lot of wins in the West. And you're going to be competing against teams like the Clippers, Warriors. I don't think that in the top eight of the, the Western Conference, there's a bad team that you can, can afford players sitting against or forward players not having chemistry against. And like you said, um, the Lakers, I don't know what they're going to do. I think they're screwed either way. If, if they don't, screwed if they do. If they don't trade Westbrook, run the season with them, and then let them go afterwards, they're going to have money, but their roster is so bad, and LeBron's going to have uh, one more year on his contract, or maybe this is his last year. He can opt out of the contract. So um, you don't want to waste a year on LeBron. Because you know LeBron's on his way back to Cleveland eventually, 
it's just going to happen or or he's on his way when uh, Bronny gets drafted in 2025, he's on his way to whatever team. So you only have, let's say, one to three years of LeBron left. You don't want to waste that with not trading Westbrook. But if you do trade Westbrook, this pick has to be attached. And even if LeBron does leave um, and AD is still there, AD misses games. I don't know if AD can be – can AD is not taking you to the playoffs in the West. So my rationale is – you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. If you do, you have to make it a package where um, where you get a player back who you know is going to let you contend. So Kyrie also is an expiring deal. If he leaves after this year and, and if you trade for um, Buddy Hield and Miles Turner and they leave after this year, then what are you really left with on the roster? 100 percent. I think I see a lot of people, you know, fans will start reclining about it. Like, what are they? Got to people got to understand these picks they're not trading is not 2023. It's not 2024. It's 2027 is the first pick they can trade. And then 2029 is the pick after they can't trade anything else because the rule states past seven years, you can't trade. So 2030, you can't trade that pick. And regardless if you could, you can't trade back to back years. In 2027, LeBron James likely is not in the NBA. Uh, Anthony that. Davis contract has long ran out. You don't know if he's going to be there. Uh, so you're essentially potentially you're not gonna, you're probably going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA, and as it looks, and then you're gonna because the Lakers have no young they don't have no picks right currently right now they have no picks. What who can they even draft to develop towards? So by 2027, that's the first time you can finally have your own pick and you can uh, tank or whatnot. So you're gonna I tell believe, me? I believe the only the only picks that they'll get in the future, I think, are swaps, and even then, those are not gonna be the best picks in the world. So yeah, yeah. so it's I I I, I get a hundred percent the rationale that LeBron. First of all, by August, whenever August, I think LeBron's extension, like when he's eligible, is August eighth or something like that, sometime within the first weeks of August. I think by then we'll understand very well what the Lakers' plan is if LeBron. I, I'd assume he would extend automatically. If he doesn't extend, I, I think you'd have to just trade him. Uh, one year of running back with the exact same team is going to not. They, they didn't even make the playoffs last year. And then the West got, I'll be honest, double as good probably from last year to this year. Mm-hmm. For the simple fact that there's like four teams that are hurt all year, and then that's not going to be the case anymore as it looks. So I, I, don't, I don't know why you would run it back and then LeBron's a free agent after that he could go wherever the hell he wants is this is his choice so yeah I don't know but I think we have a clear Lakers are kind of forced into a decision by August 8th if LeBron doesn't re-sign and he has his conditions you have to follow it or you have to trade him or maybe LeBron doesn't care and he just resign anyway regardless so I don't even see how you could trade LeBron honestly because you don't see like how you could trade him because the team that you trade him to right the stipulation would be they would have to appease his needs to the point where he thinks that they can get in. And they would also have to be in a position to draft Bronny in 2025 because he already said that he wants to play with his son, right? That's already a stipulation that, that hangs over the head, right? So are you giving up a home for a 37-year-old LeBron and you don't know if you're, he's going to be there in two years? I think a team that will trade for him probably want to compete within the next two years. They'll but, probably go but, all in. But it, but how would you do that without, you know, overspending? I think LeBron would cost, what, two first-round picks? Uh, two first-round picks. Two first-round picks, probably. Cause just cause Rudy Gobert got? Rudy Gobert, though, is on a four-year deal. Like, I, I think the, 
the, yeah, but I, 30 years old is not a problem in today's NBA. I think it's like, if he's 34, maybe. Uh, 30 years old, he's in his prime. Consider 30 in your prime. Uh, he had, well, he has five years, four years left on his deal, I'm pretty sure. So, but I think like LeBron only has one season. No team is paying more than two for a player on one season, regardless of the caliber. Just, I mean, we've seen Kawhi traded for like nothing. I, okay, I don't want to say nothing because DeMar DeRozan is very good. So, but, but none, like no picks. Did they even trade any picks? Yeah, they traded. Toronto to get him? They Was traded, it one? Yeah, they, traded yeah, they, they, got, they got Keldon Johnson. Yeah, they got Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson. So LeBron, let's say two, right? Two unprotected, right? Or one unprotected and one like top five, right? That, that's a very good pick composition for a player in the last year of his deal. Uh, he's LeBron James, nah. But if I'm the Lakers, I have no picks. I'm getting unprotected. I mean, if I'm the Lakers, if, if you're the Lakers and you're trading LeBron, you're going to want to trade it for a haul. Yeah, like, they're going to want a haul, but haul. look at the KD scenario. KD has four more years left on his deal, and teams are just, are just not willing to pay what Brooklyn wants. Yeah. So regardless, Rudy Gobert may have broken the market, the trade. Yes, he definitely did. But we look at it as like at the end of the day, if, if they charge too much for LeBron James, other team will go, okay, we don't care. We're not going to trade for him. Because what teams are even going to trade for LeBron? Teams that are likely almost there to winning a championship. But then you'd be trading players that would help you win that championship. I mean, but the players you trade, you're likely – or maybe you'd send more pick compensations. You don't have to trade players as good. Uh, but, like, what well, I can't even – I don't even want to think about teams potentially that would trade for LeBron right now. The teams I know 100% that can't trade for him are the Clippers can't trade for him. Uh, any team in the top of the West cannot trade for LeBron. I, I'm certain okay. about that. Because uh, you're just not – the only players they're probably going to want is what? Paul George? Kawhi, can, you're not doing that. We can give Norman Powell the picks. And then do you think LeBron's going to sign off on going to the Clippers? Yeah. Why would you not? I, I, don't, I don't see LeBron going from the Lakers to the Clippers. I don't. I don't see I don't LeBron know. going from the Lakers to anywhere but Cleveland. But I mean, I but mean, Cleveland, I, I don't see. Well, uh, true. I mean, Cleveland is one of those teams that do have the ability to trade for him or likely contend if they do get him. But I rather, I mean, I think Cleveland rather would wait it out and sign him. I mean, Philadelphia, they got a very good young player and then they got the picks potentially too. They don't have the cap though. They, I, they have to oh, take Tobias probably. They, they, yeah, they have to try to Tobias, trade Tobias, but if, if you're be gone. But by the time I mean, the Lakers, it, you're just eating the contract, so I don't think they really care. Yeah. Because Maxi, I'm trying to see what player could they get even potentially better than Maxi, a young player. It'd be hard pressed to find a team that's willing to trade a young player better than Maxi for, for LeBron. Whatever. For LeBron, yeah. Like I, I'm hard because what? I think I think we might be underselling LeBron's value. Well, well, what young player do you think teams would be willing to? What team do you, for example, can you name a younger player that's better than Maxi? They think a team would trade for LeBron. That's better than Maxi. I yeah. think that um, realistically, um, projection wise, too. I'm not just talking about currently, but also where you'd project them to end up. Um, I think, I think that potentially, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to think about because you got to think about the young players. You got to think about a team situation in a year or so or two years down the line. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Tyrese Maxey, uh, I don't think that he has the ceiling that everybody thinks he has. I'm a little bit lower on Tyrese than most people are. But I think, I, I don't know. I, you would just have to think of the team, the situation, the cap room, the picks. And and you got to also think LeBron signing off on going to a team. He's going to be there for like a year. A year, two years, yeah. Around he there. might be there for like a year or two, and he's going to leave. To who like either retirement or whoever has Bronny. Yep. 
So it's like it's kind of it's kind of a double-edged sword. I think LeBron, I think that the Lakers owe it to LeBron to let him play out his contract there. But I, I before I trade LeBron, I'm trading AD. Really, oh, I think yeah. AD's really. I think AD's like what four years left on his deal, so I'll just keep him. He has four years left on his deal, which makes it more enticing to trade him. Plus, he sucks and he's injury prone. But what team is is giving up? Okay, AD for a twenty nine year old AD. Come he's on. not. He's like AD. You're, Come on, you're gonna have to give a massive ton for AD. He's still. He's still, he's still a top fifteen player. So yeah, a healthy. Like when he's healthy. top five. So like I, yeah. I feel like teams are not gonna be hesitant to give up players or picks for AD. I don't think teams are hesitant to, to, to will give up stuff for AD. But then it's like again, I mean, what, what team currently right now? Because a lot of teams who had the assets to even give that capital up. Wait, two of them were Minnesota, Atlanta, or one of those two of the teams who've been star hunting for like a year and a half and had all their capital. They don't have that no more. Both teams are essentially depleted. They can't do anything. They can't. Uh, we're not talking about right now. We're talking about like a year. Oh, yeah, two. in a year. I think AD, yeah. In a year. I, I agree with you. I think in a year. Oh, yeah, two, that's what we're talking about because if, yeah. if LeBron is a free agent after next year, right, he has an option, right? He doesn't pick up his option. You can't, you can't justify trading him in the middle of the season. Especially when you commit to the roster that you have, you can't justify that. Because think about it, think about it, think about it. The eighties there, right? If LeBron's not there, eighties not going to be going to be there. And if you don't trade Westbrook, right, you can only take back so much cap space in that LeBron trade because you're over, already over the cap, right? LeBron yeah. makes what forty six million a year. They'd have to match that forty one. They'd have to exactly match that pretty much then. Yeah, they'd have to basically match that cap while giving the Lakers a package that they like. So you trade LeBron, you you have AD and Westbrook, and you have whoever you traded for LeBron for, which is going to be, as you said, maybe like a good young player. You're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, the Lakers are making the playoffs. I think if they're re- I think if they're trading LeBron, they kind of realize that we're done. But they're never like, going to admit that when they have LeBron and AD. Well, the, the thing is, if LeBron doesn't want to... Re- well, I mean, didn't they just admit it right now by refusing to trade picks for Kyrie, essentially? Like, you're admitting... That but you it's don't believe, they, yeah. But essentially, though, Jeannie Bus does not believe that 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 trade is worth it. She doesn't believe that they're going to get a championship, essentially, because those picks at the end, of the day, as as important as they could be down the line, if you win a championship, who cares, right? Like, okay, whatever. So that's why the Anthony Davis trade. As much as people try to say Pelicans won, and no, they didn't. The Lakers got a championship out of it, so they right. at the end they it worked for the better. So clearly, the Lakers management does not believe that this trade is winning them a championship. Within the next two seasons. Well, Kyrie's a free agent after this season, so. Then there's a the thing. You have to pay Kyrie virtually. You have to sign and trade for him, right? You have to pay him his, his max contract. Yep. That's what I'm saying. That's, they don't, they don't, the thing, the, the thought of Kyrie Irving on your team is better than the, the reality of Kyrie Irving. Unfortunately, yes. Even though as talented as he is, the, the other stuff about it, it makes it hard to say you want to pay him four or five years, a max contract, and then down the line now, you have no picks until 2028 virtually. That is your own. That's not swapping. It can be taken from you. Uh, so if you do trade 2027, 2029 in this round, because Brooklyn wants two. They don't want just one. Yeah. Uh, and apparently the Lakers aren't even willing to trade one. Forget about giving up two. So yeah. I that clearly shows me the front office is not that, uh, let's say, hyped about this kind of move. Uh, rightfully so, I wouldn't be like two thousand. You already got your ring, right? LeBron got you what he came for. He got you a championship. Mm-hmm. So that's he, why he, I LeBron think they're gonna play it out. So you don't, you don't, you don't trade LeBron James. That's not why not though. 
You That's a horrible get, look. That's why does it look matter though? You could get good assets for Le- LeBron. Je- how many thirty-seven from LeBron? But trading yeah. a player who won you a championship is a business. It's just not it, like a star player. It's just not a good look for any superstar that wants that would think about coming to the Lakers. Yeah, it's but still the Lakers at the end of the, the day. Is the Lakers? And then let's be honest with Kevin Durant demanding a trade and all these star players demanding a trade. Do you think organizations care? But LeBron would never demand a trade, though. LeBron has yeah, never demanded contract. a trade. And LeBron is not going to demand a trade because he has a year left. He's going to play it out even if he despises what he's dealing with. LeBron just never, ever demanded a trade. He's always left on free agency. I'm saying the Lakers, like you, the Lakers, all you're doing is you're cutting your own legs off by not trading him. You keep him for a year, right? As great mm-hmm. as LeBron James is, as great as of a season as he can. Now, if AD is healthy the whole year and he plays like he does, Lakers, let's be honest, even with those Rose they could be a formidable team. If Zong has AD and LeBron can be relatively awesome. You miss seed. about five to ten games, right? Maybe be a seventh seed. Yeah, seventh, around their sixth, fifth, even fifth. I think they could push fifth. If, Fuck if, no. If, if, they're, if AD's healthy all year? No, that that's roster is still horrible, bro. Like, like, you, that, that's not, a big I, if, yeah. But that, that roster is still like unsound. That roster's not good. Don't get me wrong. I'm virtually and, and saying and like AD, LeBron he was AD's playing last year, he was playing like a non-top ten player. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't doing as well as he typically does, but I, I just think you, you, regardless, we we all probably agree they're not gonna really win a championship. They're not really gonna be serious to win a championship. I don't think anybody thinks they're gonna win a championship. So if I'm the Lakers, I could get a really good young player and I could get multiple picks for LeBron, who was gonna leave us in a year anyway. I don't care about my image at that point. I mean, I, I guess, but it's, it's politics. You gotta you gotta understand it's politics. It's it's the look. It's the look. If you trade, I understand what you're saying, but yeah, hundred percent agree. Like I'd one hundred percent trade AD before I trade LeBron. I've seen Mark Cuban trade a player mid game, and the Dallas organization is too few favorably. But we all know that Dallas is a badly run organization, though. It was. They was. But I mean, they got a new props, and they still are. They treated. Did you see how they treated? Um, what's his name? The old Rick Carlisle. Look how they treated Carlisle. I mean, Rick Carlisle was, was, was disrespected. Like, if Tim McMahon's report was true on that situation, I understand why he got fired. Like, he, like look, he look, how they, what's cool. look how they treat, not treat, but look how they bought every manageable player contract that they have over the last, let's say, five years. Yes, I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with your point. But at the end of the day, players looking at Luca's on there. I don't care about all the other stuff. I, got, I can play with Luca. I mean, I well, guess, I, but but like it's it's a difference between you want to play with Luca, but you also want to play in a good organization that 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 uh, care about your needs, right? Yes, Malik Monk, Malik Monk left for money, yeah, but yeah, he did. The, the, we 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 dog him for going to Sacramento because he's not going to win. But I think I I would contend that Sacramento is just on the same level of poorly ran as the Lakers. But the only difference between Sacramento and the Lakers is history and location. Yeah, yeah. Like the like, think about it. the Lakers were in the absolute mud. They had no direction. They kept drafting the position uh, players of the same position, right? Yes. And and they got bailed out. They got bailed out by LeBron coming. There's no yeah. LeBron coming this time, right? Yeah. No. Nope. That's not. So while you have LeBron, you try to maximize that 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 window. And even if he doesn't opt out, I mean, if, even if he doesn't opt in, you gotta you gotta show him a reason to opt in. Even if he takes another one-year contract, even if he's trying to wait for Brian to come, he takes like a, a two-year contract with the opt-out in the third year. But they you refuse can't. to give him his reason. They don't want to trade for Kyrie. That is the reason. 
but you can't, but like Kyrie is not a good example. It's not like they're trying not to trade for a, a uh, already established all-star that doesn't, um that doesn't miss games, has no problems, has no uh, injury issues. They, they rather trade for Buddy Heald and Evan, I mean, my Evan Turner, Miles Turner than Kyrie, which tells you a lot. They'll give up that 2027 pick for Miles uh, Turner and Buddy Heald, but they won't give it up for Kyrie. What does that tell you about Kyrie? Teams don't feel him favorably. Exactly. exactly. The Clippers would have to give up, let's say, Luke Kennard, Marcus Morris, and maybe a pick. And they didn't do it. They could have a big three of Kyrie, Kawhi, PG, with Norm, Wall, Reggie, Zubac, etc. And they choose not to do it because of who Kyrie is. Yeah. I think there's there's concerns there, but it's, it's, so, it's something definitely interesting with the Lakers down there. Yeah. I don't I know. Mean, they're they're like, poorly ran either way, but I think I think not wanting to trade a 2027 first-round pick when you know that you're going to be in the mud by 2025 is not a, a terrible look on the Lakers. I think it's very smart. I think it's a great move by them. I'm not – if I'm the Lakers, I'm not folding. And if if push comes to shove, uh, I think LeBron, regardless, is never going to request a trade. He's just going to play until the end of the season even if they rerun it like it is. Now, I don't want to make a big deal out of the whole Russell Westbrook and him sitting on opposite sides. I don't like making a big deal out of all that stuff. Like, who cares where are they sitting? But if these reports people saying are true about LeBron not wanting to play with Russ, if they are true, big if, because um, I don't think Russ and LeBron are the type of players who are going to start publicly trying to do some crazy shit. You know what I mean? And they yeah. derail the season. They're just not going to do stuff like that. Uh, so... I think if I'm the Lakers, you have to – if I can get – if I see teams, right, because if teams realize LeBron James doesn't re-sign in August, right, I'm sure teams are going to give you calls, right? Like, hey, what's going on here? LeBron not re-signing. You know, you're interested. And like I said, Philadelphia earlier, the only reason I feel Philadelphia because Embiid and Harden are there now. You want to maximize a couple years they're there and very healthy, and you want to take advantage of that effort. Um, I, I think there's going to be teams that are willing to give you draft capital. And, and a good young player. And if I'm the Lakers organization, you could keep LeBron and hope for the best. You know, you never know. You have LeBron James on your team. Mm-hmm. But or I, I restart again and then maybe a year or two down the line, I trade Anthony Davis as well. Uh, maybe if he plays better this year and he kind of talks himself back into one of the best players in the game. Then you get even a bigger haul for him than maybe what Rudy Gobert got for Utah a year later or something. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, that's how I start looking at it. I'm like, that's only if LeBron. Now, this is only if LeBron doesn't resign. If LeBron obviously resigns, then this conversation is mute. Uh, you just yeah. continue on. But August is, I think, where discussions with the Lakers will be pretty interesting. Anyway, regardless. Um, but anyway, we kind of got sidetracked by that. But nonetheless, that was important. That was a good conversation. On. Yeah. Ways to change the NBA, the product in general, for the better. Obviously, for the most part, NBA, I think the commissioner and when well, they do a good job of making advancements in the game regardless to make it more interesting. Uh, we've yeah. seen it with the all-star game. Uh, the rising stars. It, rising stars. We've seen it with uh, just now they transition take fouls are banned in the basketball. They're not banned, but you essentially nobody's going to do anymore because you give the free throw on the ball. Oh, thank goodness. I hate that. Uh, so that's the end of that. Um, so they they pretty much do as much as they can to improve the enjoy. You know, people can enjoy basketball more. Is there anything else you guys feel like that can be changed to make the NBA even a better product? Because we know Bro, NFL I is king like the, in they gotta, they gotta improve the scheduling so that they can like flex games out. Because 
Like, how many games did we have last year on national TV where it was, like, the Lakers or the Knicks playing, like, either each other or, like, some shitty team or somebody just better than them? Like, on national television as well. Like, that's a product that everybody's seeing. That's what you're trying to sell if you're the NBA. Like, scheduling scheduling definitely has to improve. That's one thing that comes off the top of my head. Yeah. It's it's, it's definitely baffling how terrible the NBA is with scheduling. Like uh, y'all remember, yeah. y'all remember. Um, I don't know if you remember this, Omar, but there was this day that the the do you remember the game that the Sixers and the Bucks played where Giannis got the the game winning block? The game winning that shit was on League Pass. I remember. Yeah, that it was, was on League Pass. Pass. I forgot. I forgot what game was on TNT that night, but I think it was like the Bulls playing. I don't. Even it was remember an awful who. game. It was a, it was a terrible game. game. Meanwhile, yeah. you have two MVP candidates going at it, and you have it on League Pass. It's insane. Um, like that's th- bad. Th- they have a lot of examples of doing that too. Uh, I don't know why they just can't flex because the NBA, they have what the beginning of the year when the NFL season's on, they only have like two national television games a week. You can flex those pretty easily. I don't know why that's so hard to because you know, know who's maybe better. Maybe it's a, like a time zone issue. I don't. I don't know what it is. It could be, I guess, yeah. But I mean, they've they've done it before. I mean, they've had Dallas and Philadelphia play at like eight p.m. one day, uh, and that's late from in both areas. Uh, they moved. They flexed the Timberwolves to nine thirty start time once, and it was a home game. So yeah, that's that's wild. They can do. They can definitely can do it. The issue is they just don't. I I don't know why that is, but I'm like, yeah. You you want to improve your product? You put the best teams during the season on there, just because the games are likely more interesting. But I think the NBA goes off star power names more so than because the NFL will flex. Like the NFL, if, if two teams, let's say maybe in week fifteen comes around and the Jets are like fighting All for right. first place. All right, I'm just using just as an example because we're not expecting that. Uh, their first place in the division, and let's say a home by some miracle, they're like one game off the first seed, and they play the first seed. Then, if best believe the NFL is flexing that game on it, they're not going to keep some random game based off star power in there. Nope, they're going to flex and put that game in there. I, I don't know why the NBA is so adverse to doing it, but I, I've seen games on League Pass that are triple more entertaining that I turned off national television and i preferred watching league pass just because the best games were not on there because you could name last year there's a couple times you can name like three four games better than the national tv one that cannot yes. happen anymore. like like that next lakers game that was on national television like i didn't watch it unwatchable yeah like it's two mediocre teams why would game i watch ended that? up being good it didn't the game end up actually being pretty entertaining but still like yeah i think it went into overtime but even still like i didn't watch it I don't get it. I literally don't get it. Uh, and then NBA, and then NBA is wondering, oh, why small market teams don't get the same views? Because you never put them on TV. Yeah, like honestly, like you can't have like the number one pick on national TV like once in a year. That's just really bad. Yeah. Uh, like they, I like I like I know like I know it's kind of hard to put those those teams that are bad on national TV, but like Cade Cunningham and like all those rookies from last year that went really high, like. They should be on TV like at least like five times in a year. Like that's really like embarrassing. Yeah, because they have national television Monday. Uh, they don't do Mondays until the NFL season as well. Okay, so let's ignore Monday from. They definitely do them on Tuesdays. Tuesdays, right? The beginning of the year. Yeah. They stop doing Thursdays, I think, because of Thursday night football. I think they, they just can do. Doing. They can do Tuesdays. They can do Wednesdays. And then Fridays. Sure. Yeah, they can do Fridays as well. They can. Uh, they kind of can do Saturdays, but I think football. 
also yeah, college, college football, football is going to deter them. But uh, well, yeah. well, when Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, still three days of national television games. They typically two two, so that's six national TV games per week, and then they play for what, like five months. Yeah. So you got uh, an absurd absurd amount of national TV games. You could equally distribute it. Once once it hits like January. Like once it once it hits like that month, like you can start scheduling like games on like Thursdays, Saturdays. They do do Saturdays. Like they do the whole playoffs. ABC. Yeah, they do the whole Saturday showcase, and they don't even flex the Saturday showcase games. And I'm like, are you why? Why would you not flex it? The Saturday showcase game, in my opinion, they should not have any setup for it. They should just place the best game, whether it's Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, whatever game is best around that time frame. Just put a team, the two, the best game in there. Don't lock yourself into some game that no one's going to watch and there's a better game that's not being watched. So, interesting stuff. I, I don't think that's going to change, though, for least to be honest. I don't think they're going to make a difference. Yeah, that's not going to change. It's going to be – we're going to see at least 40 national televised games for the Lakers. Uh, 40 for – I don't know. Yeah, I think the Lakers game 40. I would be shocked if they did. How much did they have last year? Like 40, I'm pretty sure, right? I don't know. After games. Half of the 11 seeds games was on national television. We did get some good ones, though, like LeBron's 50-point game against the Warriors. I think that was on national TV. Whatever or not. Jay, you got anything you feel like that needs to be changed? Um. Yeah, I have uh, a few things, actually. So, one, the playoff, the play-in is a very dumb idea, in my opinion. Uh, it was good when it was in the bubble and maybe the year after the bubble with the 72-game season. But I think now that we're back to normal, I think that the play-in needs to be cut. My reasoning is that teams get too complacent when they think that they're just going to be in the play-in. I think that the 10th and 11th seed are going to fight for the 10th and 11th seed due to the fact that they're going to be stuck in the 10th and 11th seed or that they're going to have a shot, a two-game shot at the playoffs anyways. I think that instead we need to have it record-based if they're going to keep it. You should not be in the playoffs if you're winning 32 games. I don't care. I don't care how, what injuries happen. I don't care what happened in your season. If you win 32 games, you're not a playoff team. The play, the Pelicans, I, I don't know what to think of the Pelicans because they only put up a fight because Devin Booker got hurt. So the Pelicans might be a little bit of an exception, but I still do not care. If you win 32, if you win less than 35 games, you should not be in the playoffs. So my my rationale is that only the ninth and 10th seed should get a shot at the playoffs. And the 10th seed, if they have to reach a win goal, the win goal should be like 35 games for the 10th seed and maybe 40 games for the ninth seed. Anything under that, you don't deserve to be have a shot at the playoffs. Especially in the West, when there's other teams that, you know, worked hard, win 40 47 games, 46 games, but it just happens to be in the West and they're a six seed or a seven seed or eight seed and they end up in a play-in. And it only takes one injury or one bad luck when it comes to health and safety protocols. Like, yes, as you can tell, I'm a salty Clippers fan, but it only takes one 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 thing to go wrong for a team to have a play-in mishap and miss the playoffs, even though that they grinded all season for that playoff spot. So one, the play-in should be eliminated. Two, yeah, I, I think, feel, I feel like, I feel like there should only be one play-in spot. Yeah, I think that the ninth seed should 
the ninth seed in some. You guys think seventh should be locked in? Like the seventh should not be a yeah, conversation. Like just, You're safe. Dumb. Yeah. It's dumb to have that to have two playing teams. I don't know, man. I I think the playing idea is one of the best ideas they come up with. Like I just think, first of all, it literally eliminates a lot of tanking, right? A lot of the end of the season in NBA is typically well, very irrelevant. We're gonna see a lot of that next season, anyway. Well, because so. Victor, how often is Victor around? But I mean, OKC, San Francisco, we're looking at you. We know you got some cooking up around March. You always got some cooking up in March, right? He signs might, like players might, that. We might see some single single digit win teams next year. <laughs> if that if someone pulls off the Charlotte Hornets again, that'd be. That's uh, NBA got to investigate, but like. <laughs> 10th, like last year, the end of the season games, games that typically no one would ever bother watching, right? Yeah. No one was watching the 10th seed at, in basketball typically. No one was watching the 11th seed. And sure as hell, no one was likely watching the 12th seed. Last year, those. No one, yeah, no one's, no one's watching that shit now. Well, the, I mean, the end of the season, if, if they're a game off for making a play, people are going to watch it because it's, it's essentially like the NBA essentially wants to recreate the Jimmy Butler, the Timberwolves Nuggets. Uh, do or die game when they for the eight seed a couple years four or five years ago they wanted to recreate that again and the plane gave us some of the best games of the postseason last year did it not i mean virtually um the clippers timberwolves games that went down to the wire the clippers pelicans game went down to the wire the Cavs, even though brooklyn was really destroying them they rallied back and it was a good game the hawks Cavs games was a good one as well so it gave us not only really good basketball it's going to deter teams from tanking for the most part. And then basketball naturally becomes more entertaining uh, when it's all said and done, because there's going to be tactics involved. You know, the top receipts, who do we want to beat? Who do we not want to beat? Uh, all of that stuff becomes more interesting, I think. But I get your point, too. I think it's unfair that, okay, I, I, for 82 games, we were really good. But my star player sprained his ankle and is only missing, f- like, Four five days. days. Or like, five weeks. Like yeah, week he's missing – a week or two, but because the playing just happens to be in that week or two, I'm eliminated. I think that's unfair, and I understand that point. And but I, I think it's like you got to weigh pros or cons. Do we remove that? And then now, what? like, for example, what did the 10th seed last year have any reason to fight for a po- The ninth seed, by the way. Not even, don't worry about 10. The ninth seed had zero purpose. If we had the regular NBA structure, the ninth seed was too far behind the Clippers. I think the Clippers were like five, six games ahead. Yep. Yeah, they, they, they were fucking tanking. There'd be no value. By the time we hit the last three weeks of the season, the ninth seed would have quit on the season. What well, was the ninth seed last year? It was the um the, the Lakers and I think the Pelicans eventually overtook. It was the Pelicans, right? Yeah, the Pelicans. So that like for oh. example, the Pelicans they had no reason to play because they had their pick and they they could have just tanked. Mm-hmm. And they had no Zion. They had no reason if it was a regular year t- to play seriously. But because of the playing rules, we got some exciting end of the season games. Uh, and then we got two great playing games from the Pelicans for them to continue and move on. You know what I mean? So I guess. I mean, not two great ones, but, I mean, they, they played the Spurs, so. Okay, they did destroy the Spurs. All right. I did not that watch that down, game. I, I, watched that, game. Uh, that game it's, I watched. That's why, that's why I'm saying that they should, like, um, retract it or, like, disband it. Like, it should how only about be this nice, year? Nice this year should, nice don't you guys think, because of how good the West is, it will be more entertaining this year? Fuck no, because I don't think that after – Let's say let's say the ninth seed is the Trailblazers, and I don't think that I want to see unless it's the Lakers. It kind of devalues the regular season. You said what? The play-in kind of just devalues the regular season. Yeah, that was another one of my points. The play-in makes the regular season 
less like the start of the regular season or the the middle of the regular season less you know entertaining on matters less because if you think about it the pelicans lost their well they were like what two and 14 to they started yeah, terrible they, they, they know, were yeah. terrible like they started ass and shit happened. but like yeah they i mean they they turned it up but i i feel like teams don't play as hard or would are more likely to rest their players if they know that they have a guaranteed shot at the playoffs and they only need to win one or two games to get in there I, I, I agree with your point. But then don't you think it makes it more interesting for, like, for example, last year, a lot of, like, the Timberwolves and the Nuggets and the Mavs were virtually locked into a playoff spot mm. uh, at that point in time. Well, the Timberwolves weren't because they're playing. And then now the Nuggets, Timberwolves, and Mavs were doing their best to win at the end of the season so they could avoid the playing altogether. So it made the middle seating kind of interesting to keep track of because all those teams were kind of, like, the Nuggets-Timberwolves game towards the end of the year. Typically, if it was, like, no NBA season – no one really cared because let's be honest, the Denver Nuggets, you were either playing Golden State or you were in the play-in. That was the two options. But you, I mean, it's the same concept as if you're if you're a seven seed, six seed, fifth seed, and you're trying to avoid playing the Suns or Golden State or the Grizzlies in the first round. Or the, yeah, the Suns and Golden State in the first round. So it's the same concept as you're trying to win at the end of the season if the games are that close. Uh, if you're that close in the standings, you want to avoid the higher seed, right? Either yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. But if you're playing sure. in the play-in, then I guess the, the thought of missing the playoffs is more threatening than the thought of playing the Suns the first round. But you don't want to do either of those. So you don't rest players unless you're locked into that spot, which rarely happens in a five, six, seven. Uh what's called it? Like we saw last year. It rarely happens. They're always like maybe, maybe at most five games apart from each other. Yeah. So yeah. it might make the, the last week of the season maybe more exciting, but the first the first three months of like is boring. Like who wants to watch that? So you're saying not get rid of it altogether, but just keep it to the ninth seed. But keep it to the ninth seed. If the ninth seed is within, I think if the ninth seed is within five games of the the eighth seed, then they they deserve it. All right, they deserve at least a shot at the eighth seed. All right, seventh seed should be locked in either way. So you should have one playing game per conference. That's it. None of the extra. Stuff they add on. It definitely shouldn't be four. All or right. how many is there? It's six. It's four. It, it is four. Because they it's play. Four. Wait. Yeah. Because there's it's a six. ninth, tenth, no, eight, no, nine. No. There's six. Sorry. My bad. Three and six. Three. Yeah. Nine, ten plays. And then the winner of that plays the loser of seven to eight. Yeah. So that so gives yeah. you three. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's one of my ideas. The second one is that contracts. I know that we brought this up at the next CBA. Contracts should be incentive based and more incentive based and based on games played. I think that these players are making 45, 50 million dollars in sitting games on their own will is 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 dumb. I, I I don't like load management. And as as a Clippers fan, I know load management might taking a few games off might be cool or whatever. But if you're load managing for 15 or more games in a season, you really you really are a loser as a player. You shouldn't want to do that. It's your job. And I, I, I'm all for player empowerment. They can sit out whatever they want. Maybe they're actually hurt. But unless you're hurt, please get on the basketball court, bro. Do what you got to do. Or unless you're coming off an injury, like I wouldn't mind if Kawhi plays, doesn't play back-to-backs off his injury, if Jamal Murray doesn't play back-to-back off his injury. I wouldn't mind that. But if it's like if it's like a middle-of-the-season game and you know that it's like a televised game or a game against a rival that you need to show up in, that y'all must win, if you're sitting out or thinking about sitting out because you have a, a playoff spot already secured, you're a loser as a player. 
that's a, that's another thing that uh, you just mentioned the back to backs. I think they got to get rid of those. To be honest, yeah, back to backs. No more back to backs. No more back to backs, especially if it's just if minimize one game is, um, as, out as of many state. as many back to backs as possible. It's just yeah. it's just bad. There's no need for them. I, I, there's no need for back to backs. I know they do it a lot. Like if you're playing a team next to your state, or if it's in your home, like they'll do like a home back to back. Like you play at home, you play at home again, but. Let's get rid of that, please. Uh, obviously, that means they'd have to reduce the schedule. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think it's – or start, like, a month earlier and then uh, push it through like that. But, yeah, I don't the, – the, my biggest pet peeve about players missing time is the fact that there's fans that are going to come pay thousands of dollars and hundreds, thousands – like, depends on race, obviously. Hundreds – minimum hundred probably nowadays with how prices are. Uh and maybe up to a thousand because you're coming to watch your favorite player that comes to your state once a year, right? Because depending on the conference, that player will come to you one time per year. Yeah, and then true. they just sit out. I mean, that that sucks. Like, like if they're actually like, hurt, no, that yeah. I don't that's fine. But like, oh, we're load managing and we're resting him. I really like people pay good money to maybe see someone they would never be able to see once a year. So they could just rest. Like, like I would, I would understand if it's like the end of the season and you already have like the one seed like secured and you don't want like your players getting injured or something. Like that's that's like valid. Even yeah. then, it's kind of like shitty. But like, if you're just missing like the like the thirtieth game of the season for load management, like that's just insane. Like you're not a normal human being. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, think, I, no, mean, I agree. Go ahead, Omar. No, I was just saying I agree. You go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I think sitting out um, games where it's especially nationally televised games, I really don't like that, man. I think players in the NBA, compared to the NFL, they have maybe too much player empowerment. And I'm not saying that, like, as somebody who sims for billionaires or want to see owners, like, you know, have up in the hands, but things like the KD trade situation or like players holding their teams hostage, demanding a trade, and the teams having no choice but to trade them. It just doesn't – it's not right. It's not right. If you sign the contract, at least play out three years. If you're in your last two years or the a team's trying to rebuild and uh, you're not trying to be around for that and you're maybe like 27, 28, stick around. <laughs> just, you know, don't request a trade just because you're not getting your way. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that, with that statement. I mean, it's becoming a problem. If people are demanding trades with three years left on their deal, four years left, Ben Simmons was unprecedented, right? Like him demanding a trade was un. Nobody has ever seen something like that in the NBA, right? Because he had four years left. Most players who demand trades were a year or two years left. Yeah. Even Anthony Davis and James Harden at the time, people were like, okay, this is kind of wild. I mean, the James Harden one was like the writing was on the wall. Yeah, like he wanted out, but even then, people are like two years left. Is Harden going to truly force a trade as it was? He did. The, the he did writing, the writing was pretty much on but the wall. That team needed to rebuild yeah. and everything. So if you got four years left on your deal, which means you signed your deal one year before, right? Just one year before you just signed your extension. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I literally don't know how you'd even fix the problem. How could you logically fix that issue as the NBA? You cannot. I don't know how you could fix that. You can't. Like players demanding out something you can never, ever change. I think it's just a mentality. You can't change that. Like it just unless your next generation of stars just you end up having a generation of star players who just never leave their teams. I think that's what it would require. Because like, the old era, you typically, for the most part, players stayed on their team for majority of their prime, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and most that high profile ones like Kevin Garnett, he 
he didn't want to be traded. I know people try to say one thing. He did not want to be traded. Uh, he actually ref- he had a no trade clause and refused any trade out of Minnesota until Kevin McHale. I mean, NBA should investigate that man. Uh, pushed him to take that trade to the Celtics. I just think it's, it's I really think it should be investigated and 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 something, or he should be removed from the Hall of Fame for that. But like genuine, <laughs> like as that was a disgusting trade that I, I can't believe the NBA even let that go forward. Uh, bro, nonetheless, getting back Ray Allen in that trade is so terroristic, bro. Like it's so I, bad. I, like he literally, Garnett literally said, "I don't want to leave the team. Just make make the team better around me." And you, you as a general manager, like, nah, I want to trade you to my old team. What? Like, who? who how did the commissioner even think there was not some <laughs> like shady shit going on in the back? Like, he never wants cause of oh Kevin McHale, a Boston legend, wants to forcibly make Garnett leave. Bro, no, and it's not even like the fact that y'all traded him. The fact that y'all traded him for trash, like Al Jefferson, Gerald Green, no good players, no Telfair, star player, two first round picks. Yeah, well, like, like bro, like no good player, like nothing, like what? I don't, I don't care. Back bro. for years, like I don't care what anybody says, bro. He has to be investigated and potentially removed from the Hall of Fame for that. That's not right. That's not right to do an organization. Damn like near that. tampering. Yeah, exactly. That's just terrible stuff, but. Nonetheless, you need uh, you need star players of I kind of went on a segue, but you need star players of like that that don't want to leave, that will stay. Uh, typically, most star players. What, what LeBron played what nine years in Cleveland before he left? Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I came LeBron, back. Anyway. I was not playing that nine years, but you got to trade me. Nine years. You didn't he, trade for Amari. Yeah, you got to trade me twice. Nine years. He's, he asked for players to be traded for. It didn't always happen, but he finished his contract. Like nine years. Nothing wrong with being a free agent and leaving. I don't think there's a single thing wrong with that. Going wherever you want. I don't care if you join the team that just eliminated you. Whatever. That's your right. You're a free agent. Yep. But when you want contracts and you're demanding. Now, if you come up with a year left on your deal and you go to town, listen, I appreciate what y'all done for me. I'm not going to be here next year. Just trade me and get value. That's one thing. I think it was actually seven years, by the way. Seven years. I mean, but essentially, like, it was his extension and then the rookie extension, right? He finished all of that. Yeah. But now, mostly, it doesn't happen anymore because, like, I think they put in a rule where the team that drafted you could pay you way more money. If you stay, yeah, but that signing trades first of all have to be banned. The reason why I think it has to be banned is because the rule that you implemented that the team that drafts you can pay you more money is useless because of a signing trade. Because you could just sign and trade someone and they'll get the money regardless wherever they go. Yeah, you and know. you're not getting the value back anyways. So don't stop signing trades. That's one thing that they could definitely do. Uh, because signing trades essentially were just supposed to be favors for like your legends and send them to wherever they want with the money they could get. Clearly, that's not what it's being used for anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I just think it's a player mentality shift. I have I have two more ideas that yeah. would I think would make the NBA much better. Go ahead. I think that for one, the regular season should be played in series like the MLB. Oh, like teams should face each other like, like back teams to should back play, to back. play each other like four times in a row, and then you know. And then I think that would help with the the travel issues, the day off in between issues. I think that would help with make divisions way more important than they are because it really the the uh, the NBA is the only sport where divisions really don't matter, unless you're talking about tied tied in the standings need need a tiebreaker. The divisions yeah. don't matter, yeah. and I think that playing in the MLB style um, uh, series would make divisions matter way more because you play those teams way more than you play the other teams. Cause I really, 
don't I need I need to see teams from the NFC. I mean, the, my bad. The Eastern Conference play more teams from the Eastern Conference than I need to see them play teams from the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, would we want – I think NBA divisions used to matter, right? Like, and then they banned it after, like, 2008. Like, the eighth seed was better than the fifth seed, and they were just in eighth because of the whole division stuff. So Yeah, the Trailblazers, the Trailblazers were, that, were that more that merchants with that. If that – what you said, the MLB-type uh, series, like, schedule, that was implemented. Wouldn't that also help, like, scheduling as well and, like, travel? Yep, I'm so, that's what I'm yes. saying. Like, travel, travel, scheduling – all of that stuff can be fixed with them just playing more home games in a row and then more away games in a row at the same place. And it would also help with what we said with load management, because if a team is, if you're playing this paying to see a player play, then you have a better shot at seeing them play. They come consistently one of four yeah. games than you yeah. would if they just had one game and then leave again. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. That definitely is something interesting that they could look at and, Employment, maybe even try it for a season and see how people like it. It's not like you lose anything by doing it. Yeah, they it's not like, don't lose anything. I think yeah, the revenue so, would be better at, at that point. Like, you know, I mean, maybe fans get bored, maybe seeing the same team consistently, but who cares? Like, you could test yeah. it. It's not, I mean, that, let's be honest. Anyway, you only play the Eastern Conference twice a year, anyways. Like, you barely play them. Mm, uh, so play. it's not like you change anything, really. Except yeah, you just, I, think, I think they should also do the like how. How in the MLB and the NFL, they they schedule it based off like where you were in the division. So the to the teams that you do play, um, outside of the teams in your division, should be the teams that um are that ended in the same place in their division as yours. Yeah, that that definitely an interesting concept. I think they could look at. And then one more, one more, one more, uh, one more idea. This might not matter as much, but I would like the live ball timeout to be eliminated. Like I don't think people dribbling and then they just out. so like with five seconds left, someone calls timeout with the shot yep. clock. Like that's what you mean. Yep, I think I think that if that if the ball is in play, you shouldn't be able to call timeout. We don't just think tactically is better to be able to call timeouts. I think tactically, you you you're, it's better to not be able to call timeout. Actually, really, like you like for example, like if you go for a loose ball and before someone can grab you, you call timeout. You you call timeout, but that's less exciting than a jump ball. Yeah, it's definitely less exciting. I hundred percent agree with you. Is what I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, like it's it's not it's not like a this is more that's this is more of a um of a, a viewer take than it is. A, uh, I see, I see. Yeah, it's more of like what makes the NBA more exciting. Like yeah. just like the like the the what's called the um the breakaway foul. That's better for a team to take the foul than to um to let them do it. Yeah. But yeah. you know they burned it around. I mean they um took it away because fans didn't like it. Okay, so I got a question for you. How about at the end of the game, if someone breaks a a free throw, uh, if at the end of the game someone misses a free throw, and you know when a team rebounds and calls timeout, you wouldn't be able to call timeout in that situation. And the end of the game final play that would be more exciting now is removed because you're probably not going to be able to get a good shot with one second without a timeout. Yeah, I mean, that's true. It has the pros and cons. It should be in certain situations, though. Like, I don't like, I don't like, um, I, I feel like if the ball, the rule should be if your team has put the ball on the floor, then you can't call timeout. Yeah, seven timeouts also is too much. They need to cut that down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like it. It doesn't ruin the pace of the game because, like, you know, teams when they're getting their asses busted, they don't call timeouts during live balls anyways, or they, or they'll they'll dribble the ball up the court, then call a timeout after half court. But it just helps. It just helps the game be more fluid. Yeah, than it is right now. Less pausing as well. Yeah, less pausing gets the games over quicker. I think that's the problem with American sports is all the damn pauses and all that can get tiring a little bit but 
Yeah, no, I definitely see the, the value in that. Since that you just let the play continue. Uh, maybe I'd consider maybe, okay, the challenge rule is terrible. That needs to be changed again. Because mm-hmm. why, why, is, why is the last two minutes referees just not naturally reviewing stuff? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand that rule either. I mean, I understand the rule, but it's, it's dumb. We want to save really time. You could save time by having less commercials. I hope they know that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's really the easiest way to save time. But no, they don't want to, obviously, because of the money. But stop with the nonsense. Last two minutes, a coach shouldn't have to use his challenge for a blatant, dumb, bad call that the refs could typically, back in, like, two, not last season, but the season before that, in the last two minutes, they could check that thing themselves. They could check the ruling themselves and undo it themselves out of their own choice. But the NBA took it away. So a lot of coaches will never even use their challenges because it's just smarter to keep it. Like, why would I not want to keep my challenge they should off have the off chance? challenges? Yeah. Like, if you get a challenge right, why do you lose it too? I, I just don't get it. I yeah. got it right. Shouldn't I get my challenge back? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't think losing a challenge, losing a challenge shouldn't take that, get that challenge taken away from you in any, in any situation or, or, or winning a challenge. Obviously winning a challenge is more obvious, but losing a challenge, I don't understand. Like if, if the play might've been wrong, you should be able to challenge that. Like, you should be able to say to the refs, hey, I think you got that wrong. And you should get more than one a game. Definitely. I think it's because coaches would abuse it. They would they abuse it, yeah. That's why I think it should be a limit of it. Like, maybe you get three per game. I think for NBA, because it's so much calls, I think it should be, as I yeah, three per game. But, you know, f- to reduce the amount of time, I'd say challenges should not count as timeouts, right? Because typically challenges count as timeouts, right? They take away a timeout. Uh, kind of like the NFL is essentially the same exact thing. But what I'll do is I'll make the challenges not included in timeouts. I'll cut timeouts from seven to four, and then I'll have three challenges in place. And if, if, you, if you win the challenge, you could keep your three. If you lose, you're down to two. If you lose, you're down to one, whatever. And you have four challenges, simple. I, I don't know why the NBA would get like three stops per quarter. Why, why do they need that? Just, yeah, that's, just, that's bad. We should have one pause in the six-minute mark. Like halfway through, whatever, yeah, six minute mark. You should have one pause, and then that's it per quarter. And then at the end of the game, coaches need to call tactical timeouts with whatever they have left. Yeah. Felice, you got any more? Um, just I'm just trying to think. I got a pretty crazy one. What what is it? This would change essentially the end of the entire regular season and the beginning of the postseason, and essentially the whole way we do the postseason. Well, not the whole way, but listen to this. So, you know, essentially how the playing technically isn't kind of as playoffs, but let's be honest, it is a playoff game. Yeah. Um, you know, so essentially 20 teams technically make the postseason, right? As it is. So I know Adam Silver kept talking about, oh, you know, I want a midseason tournament to, you know, copy off the European leagues that he sees and watches and thinks it would be because, no, I think that's the wrong idea to take from Europe. Yeah, that's Europe. the worst thing you could like, possibly do. I think there's a better idea spruce up the playoffs so you know Felice you watch Champions League you know how Champions League there's group stages right yeah um Jay do you know the group stages in the Champions League the group stages like the um, I'm not I'm not oh, World Cup. so what they do is not the World Cup I don't think the World well do the World Cup do drawings or is it just set up in uh, it's, it's drawn it's drawn okay so for the Champions League essentially so I'm gonna explain because I don't think most basketball fans keep track of it but so what happens essentially is there there's four pots Right. So there is the, the winners last year of all the European leagues. So uh, whatever leagues are included in the Champions League, whoever won their league, they're in pot one and the Champions League winner. And then pot two, three, four goes down for the teams that are worse by worse by worse. So essentially you never put in the uh, like two like top division teams. Winners or something yeah. NBA so 
So for the NBA, what I was thinking is, so we have 20 teams that make the postseason regardless, right? Because playing, to me, is postseason. Yeah. Uh, so those 20 teams, you would take them. So the 10 teams are eliminated. We're going to remove them. We don't care. We're going to create five teams, four groups. So four groups, and each group contains five teams, right? So essentially, this is technically the start of the playoffs. You call it the group stage is part of the playoffs. Wouldn't there be, like, one team that would always, like, not be playing, though? Technically, yeah. Like, an even number. Like, there would be one team that eventually wouldn't play, like, and then they eventually have to make up their games or not. But, okay. But then necessarily, then we'd have to do 16. So we'd have no playing. So we'd have 16 teams instead, which is fine, too. So let's do 16 teams, right? So playing is banned in this scenario. There's no playing. So we take 16 teams, right? Group stages. We mix them up. We do four uh, teams, four groups. So the way the groups would be decided is if you were the number one seed in each conference, right? That's two teams. Uh, then we go down the wire. We do the t- top two seeds in each conference going to pot one. And then you keep going down like that until all four pots have number four has the worst, what would it be, four teams. Pot three has a middle four teams, the upper middle four teams, and then the best four teams, right? Record-wise. We're going straight record. Forget about seeding. We'll just do a straight record. That's probably more fair. Then we draw, obviously, the lots. You know, you draw the lots and you get your four groups. However, it's done. Um, so you take one, so you take one from one, you take one from two, you take one from three, you take one from four, and then repeat the process four more times. And then what I would do now, this where it gets once the group stage starts, this start of the postseason, right? Because only eight teams qualify. So the top two teams in each group qualify. And we'll we won't go off point system, we go off wins and losses. And let's say like the second and third team is tied, they can have like a do or die game, right? Whatever. Then those eight teams that move on, right? We have eight teams. We would redraw them again. So group winners would be in one pot. Group Secondary group winners would be in another pot. And I'd redraw and redo the table now. So now you only have eight teams. The first round is skipped. Uh, and then I would, regardless of conference now, right? Conference are also essentially removed in this scenario as well. I'd create the playoff bracket off that drawing. So obviously, we can have more exciting matchups in general. So maybe let's say Milwaukee by some chance was the second team in their group and then Let's say the Clippers were the first team. You could essentially technically draw them by some look and make them play. Mm-hmm. I think difficult because of travel. Travel would be the toughest thing, I think, in this scenario. So I felt the regular season should be reduced to like 70 games or 65 games. So we can increase the duration of the time so it's not too taxing on travel. Uh, essentially, the reason why I think this is better for the NBA is because I think, first of all, the drawing events would tune in a lot of people, right? People want to see where the team's going to end up. Um. I think the group stage is far more exciting than the first round. How typically how exciting is the first round anyway in the NBA playoffs? True. It's yeah, that we don't really to be honest, the first round of the playoffs and, and last year's playoffs were probably like the best part of it, which is yeah, crazy. surprisingly, last season, yeah. They ended up being really good. But typically history shows that it, no one really watches that that it's not entertaining. With the group stages, that's not the case no more. And then essentially by skipping the whole first round and then now creating a conference-less draw, now you, you have a chance to have, uh, I, I don't know, JV, understand, but at least, you know, the group of deaths and whatnot, all that good stuff. Or yeah. you have like a really exciting matchup in like the quarterfinals that you typically would never get in a seeding-based scenario. So I think it would make it more exciting and definitely it would make the postseason, it would add events for people to look forward to. So people would come in and watch the draw, right? People come in and watch the playoff draw. They watch it. And then and then just the postseason becomes more exciting because, like, okay, we skipped over the boring first round. And then now we get these crazy matchups, right, because it's drawn. 
that we typically would never get if we did it the typical way. And while it's a drastic change, I don't think it would ever happen. Uh, since Adam Silver is so obsessed with taking something from European football, I think that's what he should take from it. Because uh, I think the way the Champions League does its tournament competition, obviously there's far more teams there and whatnot, is way more exciting than the way we go about it in basketball. You know what I mean? So that's that's what I would And then the rest of the tournament is played out the same way, by the way. The way NBA playoffs would go, uh, if you're eliminated in seven games, you're out. Same same stuff. And then there would be no conferences. So there wouldn't be no Eastern Conference champion. There would be no Western Conference champion. We'd get rid of the conference MVPs. They just started and whatnot. I think that would be an interesting way to go about it. For watchability, I think as a fan, it would be exciting. Maybe from the NBA side, it's kind of tougher because it's Felice at all the crazy traveling and whatnot. But I think as a fan, I'd love to see. It's definitely, it's definitely a, uh, it's a good concept. But it would probably happen. be a little bit difficult to implement. That. Yeah. Because like how often each year would we love to see like a good Easter Conference team and a good Western Conference team not have to wait until the finals to play each other? Yeah, I think I think getting rid of conferences, if, if that's why. OK, so if we got rid of conferences, right, I yeah. think that we could replace it with that's another a benefit of um, playing series and having divisions instead of conferences. Um, yeah, I think that we could seamlessly uh, what's his name seamlessly get out of having um conferences and having pl- better teams play each other like I, I think anybody would agree that they want to see that there's a lot of matchups eastern conference and western conference that they would like to see um played against each other that can't be played only because of travel yeah so i think playing series if they if they traveled on like say a monday to milwaukee Say if the Warriors travel to like on a Monday to Milwaukee and be is there till like Thursday, then it's not bad. It's not as bad as it would be exactly. if um yeah if you know you know y'all know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it reduces the traveling because you're in the same location. You you get to just relax there, maybe enjoy the city. The players can enjoy the city and whatnot. Um, compared to like in other scenarios, yeah, I just think the NBA the biggest issue is 82 games is way too much. I think personally, um for fans to really be invested in 82 games is just too big of an ask. Um, the postseason, a lot of too many games of a really good team facing a really bad team. Uh, I think some of those, obviously group stage, you want to eliminate all of that, but I think it's more exciting to see that scenario where you, for your, especially the beginning of your postseason, you face different teams, not the same team over and over again. Um, especially, I think, especially if you implement Jay's idea where a series I think then the group stage brings in a new dynamic after the series are done um, yeah. to the NBA, which makes it – obviously, these are mag- massive changes that will never probably happen. But just interesting things, I think, that if the NBA implemented would definitely make it more watchable. And then add monetary events, right? Like the, the draw, the lottery that you're doing for the group stages and the first round – no, I shouldn't say first round, but the final eight teams. People are going to tune in by the masses because they want to see where their team ends up. Or in general, people are just going to see, okay, who's playing who? Because I'll say what, doesn't Felice, doesn't the Champions League draws get a healthy amount of numbers? Uh, yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah, the playing, the playing. Yeah. Like of people t- tuning in. So I really think it could be a really good event. Um, I know we already, NBA does have an event for the NBA lottery, but this is the, a different kind of lottery that I think is just more exciting just because of the fact that we're going to be seeing what teams compete against each other. We could have really good groups. We may have a more mediocre group, but that happens with draws is just a look. 
Uh, we already have mediocre matchups as it is in the postseason, so I don't think that will change much. But I don't even think it's an interesting topic because Adam Silver is like, oh, I get a lot of stuff from European football. I was like, you're not taking anything good from them. No one wants a, a midseason tournament like the FA Cup. It makes no sense. Literally zero sense. That is the one thing that hasn't happened yet that I hope does not happen, does not touch the sport. Yeah, I don't, I don't want a midseason tournament. This would be stupid. It to make more what, what money. What it serves, like make more money. You think fans care about that? My team won a midseason tournament. We get more money. Really? You think anybody cares about that? Yeah, it's just it's retarded. Like, come on, bro. NBA. Let's 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 fix that shit up. Any more things y'all think could be? Uh, end of game fouling is definitely a thing that I, as a as a viewer, that I don't like. You specifically talking about like if a team's down three, they just foul them so they can't get a three point shot off. That and also like when a team is down two and they don't have the ball and they have to foul like over and over again. Yeah, like it just like delays the game. But that I'm just saying that as a viewer, like obviously it's yeah. like strategic and everything, but like as a viewer, people don't want to see guys at the free throw line. Ironic, yeah. but it is what it is. Yeah, like at all. I agree. The 3.1, I think the easiest fix is at the end of the game, wherever you, if you follow the person behind the 3.9, they get three free throws inside, they get two. I think that would just be the easiest fix of that rule. Yeah. Um, for the whole, changing the whole end of the game scenario, I don't know how you'd fix free throws. Uh, I, maybe, I don't know, maybe do what college does. Isn't college like if you miss the first free throw, uh, the team can rebound it and take it? Uh, yeah, that's until you get into a certain number of fouls, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say yeah, maybe that would be something to tinker with. I think with. it's like in college, if um, if your team doesn't have seven uh, fouls and a half, then typically it's a one on it's a one and one unless it's like a, what's it called? Unless it's like a shooting foul. I think that would be definitely something good since a lot of teams when they're fouling at the end of the game is not even a shooting foul anyway. Yeah. It's intentional foul. So it gives more chances for the team to, you know, because a lot of times the player will miss the first one but make the second regardless and the game's kind of over. It puts it Actually, out of range. I think range, it's but... more than seven. I think it's like 10. I'm not exactly sure, but it's something like that. Yeah. You know, I think I think obviously they start off right. Taking away the take foul is a big step. Uh, so much fun transition opportunity ruined because of that. Um. And then I think now, as time goes on, they should just sprinkle in more stuff. But yeah, I agree with you. The late game fouling makes games pretty terrible. What was that one game in the regular season? I'm struggling to remember where was it the Hawks and the Lakers or something like that, where a review took like 18 minutes at the end of the game. I can't remember what. Yeah, I know the Lakers were uh, definitely playing. Uh, I don't remember I the other see. team though. The Lakers were playing. I just don't know who the other team was that was facing them. I'm like, come on, bro. We can't be doing that. Is and you know the crazy thing is NBA is the only sport where that's NBA. I would probably say is that, right. I think you guys would agree out of the not including hockey, is the fastest uh, pace sport. And their end of the game though is the longest out of any of the other ones. I, I just don't know why. They need to clean that and figure it out and make it more entertaining. We will see, I guess. Adam Silver has been willing to experiment. Anything else y'all want to see changed or? Um, I can't think of anything right now. I think something minor I would say is maybe like, I know Felice mentioned it before, no back-to-back all-star captains. 
Oh my god! Like, please get rid of this. Like, that's just minor. Obviously, it's not the end of the world. But like, I mean, LeBron's the only one where maybe you could give him a special exception to this rule just because he's five zero, and we could see if he ever ends up losing. But, um, but like, yeah, to, I'd want to see new faces. You know, like replace Kevin Durant with whoever is. Let's say KD leads it again. Just replace him with whoever's the number two vote getter. And if that player has been a captain the year before that, don't let them be captain either. So let's say you get a two-year pause from captaincy. And I think the All-Star draft is just not going to be entertaining if you keep having the same faces over and over again. You know what I mean? I think, I think the All-Star should not be fan voted. I agree I with you think, on that 100%. I don't think any, I don't think any All-Star game in any sport should be um fan voted yeah it's, just it's, dumb. A, it's a fan event okay so why are you using accol- an all-star accolade as a serious hall of fame i don't even i don't even exactly think, uh, that's what i'm saying like why do we should be allowed to 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 do it players should not be allowed because they're so, definitely fucking biased there's too much so, bias players votes are just actually players votes maybe have been worse than the fans honestly yeah it might be most worse than the fans bro nobody's gonna yeah. vote for goddamn jerry mongeen to be an all-star bro, bro i yeah. remember like at the at the like all star break uh that just passed by like I think in forwards I think Miles Bridges was like third or fourth. I'm like that's nasty work. That's, that's nasty work, bro. That's nasty as shit. Yeah. In a like, division where you, in a not in a conference where you have Embiid, where you have Giannis, where you have and I can't even think of people at the top of my head. Kevin Durant, Siakam. yeah, Siakam, Kyrie, like, Jimmy, all that. What? Like, it's it's. Definitely an interesting thing that, you know, the, the media is surprising. I know they get a lot of uh, hate for, rightfully so, they, they press a lot of sometimes wild stuff that should not be pushed. But I think they do the best when it comes to voting for All-Star Game. Yeah. Like, I think undoubtedly they got the best. Um, typically, when you look back at all the ballots, they end up being the best. Obviously, the coaches, I'll just genuinely make coaches vote All-Star Game starters and reserves. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's I agree. It. It's Coaches just, should decide it. It's just insane. Like, and then you're talking about accolades that affect people's like money, like and yep. their like careers. Like, it's it's dumb to have fans vote on it. Yeah, I, I mean, Golden State shamelessly used a K-pop star for Wiggins. Like, are we? How is that not investigated? <laughs> that should be investigated by the feds, bro. Like, legit. I had. I saw K-pop fans talking about, I don't know who Wiggins is, but I'm voting for him. I'm like, are we, what are we doing, NBA? Like, like are you niggas serious, bro? Like, think, that, bro, that, think that about affects, how crazy that That affects people's money, by the way. Wiggins, exactly. I got to get my guy. Wiggins should not be an incentive, bro. Also, it wasn't even Wiggins. Wiggins didn't even do anything. It wasn't even his push. Like, he, not like he was, he added the, it was the Warriors who did that. Yeah. He partnered with the K-pop star. They knew what they, you see, this one, I'm telling the Timberwolves, man, I'm saying, Get with BTS and get Anthony Edwards in the BTS collab. It's over. Anthony Edwards is leading the, the league in votes. Just automatically. This is a marketing opportunity. If the fans get to decide 50%, which is, let's be honest, that's majority. They're that gonna, is ludicrous. They're going to decide. It used to be one third. I literally don't know why the NBA changed it again. Anyway, but yeah, 50%, they're going to decide majority of who started. Because Wiggins was not a starter on any of the players or media, media votes. I think it was Rudy Gobert. Draymond or Cat, one of those three. Yeah, one of those three up there for starters. And the, but the fans had Andrew Wiggins so overwhelmingly third right after what was it? LeBron, who was the other player was ahead of him in the West? I can't even remember. Jokic. Right after those two was Wiggins. By a lot large margin. So I'm like, come on, we can't we can't be having this, especially when a lot of players lose out on what how much is it? Like 30 million dollars over like a three, four year span, like so like 10 million per year or so, because they need that incentive for the contract. 
Yeah. So they, it's terrible. And then obviously for Hall of Fame, All-Stars are used as accolades. So I don't know how a fan vote accolade could ever be used seriously. It, it just bothers me that that they would ever do that. So hopefully they change that up. I get it as a fan event, but the whole point of the fan event is like the voting is not what fans care about for the All-Star game. What they care about is what the hell we've seen on TV. Improve that and nobody will care about the voting. That's simple. But yeah, I, I think that that's that's about that's my only issue I had was the All Star. But anything else, or I think we covered most things though that we'd want to. Yeah, see. I think we covered yeah. actually a lot, honestly. I can't think of anything. So. Yeah. Well, that was fun. Uh, going in a different direction. I appreciate both of y'all coming on. Uh, obviously, them being biased helps some like some Kyrie or KD trade happens next week just because. Uh, yeah, we need we need some thought. action, or else it's gonna be like we're just gonna have to wait until like the preseason starts. Like it, NBA, this is just tough. This is the toughest time period. But thankfully, yeah, this is the painful time. Uh, I don't, literally, no, nothing happening. There's no more games. Training camp is September. There's still a bunch of guys who haven't even like signed too, which is crazy. Boy. Yeah, I heard they're waiting for the trades to go down. So, yeah, if they go down. If they ever exactly if they ever do, I mean, if I'm Brooklyn, I'll just rerun it. I'm not even gonna lie. I got nothing to lose. But all right, I appreciate y'all coming on, and I'll see y'all next week. Hopefully, if something happens. Sure, man.